Hello, listeners. Uh, this is Sean, host of the Sean Soapbox. And before this episode starts, I did want to kind of make an announcement, explanation, or an update. I actually don't know what to call it, but the morning of the recording of this podcast, my father had passed away. And I say that to say, any type of weird energy or any off-putting energy is entirely because of me finding out the, that morning that my father had passed. My guest, Jarrell Patterson, did not even know or had knowledge of my father passing. And so any type of, again, any type of weird energy or off-putting energy is because of that. I still want to respect Jarrell's time, so I continue with the episode and power through it. And it was honestly um, very difficult to keep my mind focused on the episode. So, again, I just want to apologize again for if if anything seems like unfocused or stuff, stuff like that. It's just that it's a very difficult time for me right now. But again, I'm still going to the episodes are still going to come out and the content still will come out. I still have to go back on the drawing board about what when it comes to my schedule. But again, content is still coming. And I just want to thank the listeners for their patience during this time. And I also want to thank the listeners for still listening to the podcast. I appreciate all the love I'm getting from the podcast. And I'm a, this show is something I'm passionate about and something I, that I want to keep going. And so I just want to thank the listeners. Uh, and that's why I'm sharing this news is to just be transparent about where I'm at as far as like mindset and different things like that. So I just want to like just share that real quick, just to be transparent with, with my, with the audience and just want to say thank you to the listeners. So please enjoy this episode and we're going to keep it popping. Thank you. My check one, two, my check one, two. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are now tuned in to the Sean Soapbox, and I have with me Jarrell Patterson in the studio. Introduce yourself to the people, man. Hello, all. I'm Jarrell Patterson. It's nice to be speaking with you, Sean, and it's nice to be speaking to the people as well. Uh, I currently serve as the NWSP president for this year. Um, we have a lot of upcoming great events coming. We also have a lot of past events that we did. It was just like all around good news, yeah. We're going to talk about some of those past events because they're very relevant even now. Mm-hmm. So with being the NAACP president and you being involved in this organization for some time now because you don't become president overnight. Yeah, exactly. So like, what made you want to become a part of NAACP? So the beginning, I think it's really just stems from as a child, um, just being around and just being involved in the NAACP because my father was like the president of our local chapter and went to Salem and then just being involved in that and just like growing up and seeing how it all works, it just really just pushed me to the, do that in college as well. So entering as a freshman, I really involved myself on campus under the leadership of Malaysia McClendon. She was the president at that time. Just really getting eroped and just like really making myself familiarized with the positions and just everything we do. And then just waking my, making my, working my way up and just becoming president. Most definitely, most definitely. Mm. Shout out to Malaysia. She's a great individual, very dope person, she very is, dope leader. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, she was leader of the pack last year too. She was. She Shout was. out to black women succeeding, man. Right. Go mentor, go mentor. <laughs> so you've been so this is like a kind of like a legacy thing for you. Kind mm-hmm. of like you following your father's footsteps. Yes. So how's that make you feel? Um, it's actually like empowering just to know that I'm continuing like the legacy instilled in me, just like continuing like his mission and like what he really values mm-hmm. and just knowing that he really instilled those same values inside of me just really it's just a good connection that we have right 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 would you call yourself an activist um yes to an extent i believe an activist is somebody who's just actively standing up for those who cannot who's actually just pushing the agenda for equality and to just stop injustice everywhere so that's why i believe an activist is anybody could be an activist it's not it's not hard. It's not like you have to go to years of school or just do this or that. It's just standing up for people and just being a good person. Right, right, right. So with being like, with that definition of activist, like what is like activism to you? So activism to me just means knowing what's right and wrong, knowing that the society and system that we are in has faults and knowing that you want to correct them knowing that you're going to protest for them, knowing that you're going to stand up for people who are have inequalities, knowing that you're going to do everything in your power to make sure things are just going better for others. That's what I believe activism is. Would you believe you take in that approach when it comes to your leadership at being like as president in NAACP? Um, yes, I think it's good to be aware of what's happening on campus and in the community. So as the president, I strive to be very inclusive on campus, just providing events for all people, for the LG, for the LGBTQ plus community, for people of color, for just everybody on campus so they can feel inclusive and so they can feel also valued. Right, right, right. And so you're kind of like, so because like this is a legacy thing, like how do you feel? Because like it's not just your father's legacy you're carrying, you're also carrying the legacy of like the NAACP wherever you go. So how do you kind of like carry that, you know, not necessarily weight, but kind of like that 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 name with you, and like mm-hmm. how do you embody like how does it feel to embody those values? Like, is there any pressure, or is it like is it kind of like <laughs> I, I kind of got is it, does yeah. pressure sound kind of? Mm, it's kind of I don't want to say a lot of stress or any, not even like a lot of pressure, but just knowing what you're involved in, you just got to make sure you're putting your best foot out there. Just knowing you are supporting and being a good ally for like all just knowing that you're trying to push inclusivity and equality. So I guess not a lot of pressure or stress, but just knowing that you are doing the best thing for others. Right, right, right. Do you, like, are you very, like, graceful with that, though? Because, like, that's can be a very slippery slope trying to be, like, mm-hmm. inclusive to all. Not that it's not a great aim. It's just that we are people. We all mm-hmm. do falter sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I don't hit every mark. But I think... Overall, I do try to be inclusive and do try to, like, um, reach for those goals. So, yes. Cool, cool, cool. Would you, so with that in mind, like, what are your feelings towards, say, something like like cancel culture? Mm-hmm. Like, what are your feelings about cancel culture when it comes to people being canceled for not being inclusive? Or, like, say, for instance, like, we're taking out the R. Kelly's and, like, the... Mm-hmm. the the pill cosby's of the world mm-hmm. i'm talking about more examples that are like much less extreme okay when it comes to those examples do does 
cancel culture help or does it hurt the movement? Like, what are your thoughts on cancel culture? I believe, like, cancel culture can help to an extent, but also I don't want people to oversaturate that idea. Like, some things are very, like, yes, you need to jump on it and just really cancel that person because of their actions, but also I want the people to be informed about certain things. I feel as if if you go on Twitter and that's just like your updates on everything, that's not a good source for cancel culture. I want you to really be educated on everything that's happening because Twitter can be influenced by people's thoughts and opinions, but you really should need the facts. And you really should just go out the facts on if you want to cancel somebody like that. Right. Mm-hmm. How Have you canceled anybody? Yes. I have. I personally canceled the NFL when all of like the Colin Kaepernick situation happened and for a long time. And I'm still doing that. It's like a process because I really don't um, like football and watching NFL just because of the just because of the situation at hand. So that's a very hard thing to navigate in the system in this world because everybody likes football. Like it's very hard to navigate that. So I'm just like pushing through and realizing what's at stake, knowing that the cause is greater than anything else. So do you have any opinions about Jay-Z's partnership with uh, with the NFL? I do. Honestly, it feels like a slap to the face, but also I know he's in his idea, in his head, he's trying to like make more jobs for like all types of people, just create more opportunities. But at the end of the day, the NFL did make this action for on Colin Kaepernick's behalf. So it's kind of just like, kind of like a slap in the face. Like we're trying to stop protesting a bill, but you're collabing with them. So it's just like a tough place. Right. Cause him saying we're beyond protesting or taking a knee. It's kind of a slap to the face. It, feels, it is. It is. It feels kind of disrespectful to mm-hmm. the, to the activism of Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. especially since he since he's out of the NFL has done so much within the community putting his own money up to mm-hmm. do community work exactly and so with that in mind like bringing it back to the NAACP what aspect do you find most fulfilling being NAACP president I believe just knowing that we are putting on events that are inclusive and just really are pushing for equality on campus and in the community is just probably the best feeling knowing that I'm serving with a purpose knowing that the impact that NWSP has on campus is really just impactful I guess and also just knowing that what I do is reaching students in the in the community right where do you feel like activism is is impactful is it more impactful say in the community or is it more impactful on campus i want to say both because the campus is the community and and vice versa you can't have the campus without the community you can't have the community without the campus so i feel like we have to play both parts on campus and in the community so serving the students as well as the people that are around us as well right because i've seen you do that because i've seen you at the rallies i've seen Mm -hmm. you at those events when you are out there protesting, like, how does it feel? It feels empowering, knowing that I'm actually taking a stand and actually pushing for the change. That is, like, a really great feeling for me, um, knowing that I'm actually trying to do something 
great for the community is great like i always feel like it's always bigger than me so it's like i always should push for bigger things more things like always serve serving is like the number one goal what about when you don't feel like serving like do you still push yourself to get out Mm, there that's a good question even though even when i don't feel like serving i always try to still push some components so even if i'm not available in a certain area i would try to push like members of my e-board or even members of the community or just like somebody else to make sure the mission is still going like so yeah always gotta push the the movement mm-hmm. forward exactly definitely definitely so i've actually like i've you know i've attended those protests as well and i always find it interesting when i come back and i tell people hey i attend this protest mm-hmm. They're like wow um because the thing is they support it the movement but they're actually very apprehensive about showing up exactly and so like when it comes to that like how because as a person who's doing organizing doing events on campus and stuff like that how do you if you do like kind of encourage people to come out put their face out there basically kind of put themselves out there (laughs) i believe a good way is through food (laughs) um a lot of people are going to come out to events if they know they're going to have like some incentive or sometimes if they really just feel compelled to come out to the events then they will but i knowing that students are very busy and they have very hectic schedules it's very nice um to just give them something like food to chew on or just eat or some sort of just like consumption and so i think just knowing like what the students want and knowing what they need is just a key element to just really putting on good things for the community and for the campus. So with you being like the NAACP president and like having that responsibility when it comes to like your, you being knowledgeable of the issues, how do you keep up with the issues? Like how do you, what is your like information like resources look like what is your go-to for like news or anything like that so my go-to for like news is just looking keeping up with like the NWCP page like their national page is a good one um also i stay i keep up to date with like time news cnn news just like all the news channels just knowing that so i'm aware of what's happening um also I am on social media, so I stay up to date with Instagram and Twitter. So those are also two good components. And then the way we like to push out the information is at our general body meetings. So like so we could talk about different topics or just things that are just coming up, different current events that are happening in society in society. Um, just also making sure that the right resources and tools and education is also being pushed today in today's society. What what is in your opinion the right tools in education? So the right tools in education is just knowing the correct facts, just not looking at the majority and just basing what you feel and just like your opinion off that, but just knowing what's really happening in real time. Most definitely, most definitely. When it comes to like, what do you find to be more impactful? online online activism or like on the ground activism because you participate in both and you see both sides of it what is your opinion on like what is like impactful like what Hmm. where do you see the impact i feel like there's like a more personal impact like 
when you're doing on the ground activism. But in today's society, social media is very big. So doing online activism also has an impact. But um, we don't ever want to lose the connection of just like the personal connection of actually like doing things, actually serving the community, actually serving the homeless, actually serving underrepresented populations. So I feel like on the ground activism is such a big thing that we need to get back to. Like we need to do more marches, we need to do more protests, we need to do more rallies, we need to do more in that arena. But also social media activism is also a good point because you're knowing the masses and learning the masses of what's going on, what we need to do and what stance we need to take as well. I always said like, I didn't didn't say always said, I always say that, but when you said that, I thought of that social media is good for like, educating people mm-hmm. letting people know facts yeah but for 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 impact is definitely the marches definitely the protest that's mm-hmm. how you change people's minds exactly that's how you really make an impact it's like when people see you see actual real faces because like when it comes to like the movement say like uh the poor people's campaign mm-hmm. uh for people that for people who do not know the poor people's campaign came uh, originally from Dr. Uh, Dr. King, who was also the original founder. Mm-hmm. Is he the original founder or he's just like one of the founders of the NAACP? One of the founders. One of the founders of the NAACP. See, I need to get abreast of like my you no know, black history, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but the Boy People's Campaign is now being picked up by Reverend uh, Barber. And if you don't know Reverend Barber, he's an American hero, honestly, because he's always out there protesting. Uh, for the underrepresented and for uh, mm-hmm. poor people. It is the poor people's campaign, but it's really advocating for all people and letting people letting people know that the systems we have in place are not benefiting every, everybody and there is an immorality to having systems in the world that don't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so with those things in mind, does it kind of hurt the movement sometimes when activism is just online, when people just like don't see the marches? Because for me, it's like I see some things online being called activism. And I'm just like, that's not really activism because it's like <laughs> I get it. You're like, it's good to share stuff. It's good mm-hmm. to like do that because I do that. But it's also like I don't call that activism. I call me going out into the community like activism. Mm-hmm. So, like, for for me, it's, like, sometimes the com- online component being treated as activism sometimes hurts the movement because mm-hmm. people then don't come out and actually yeah. step out. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? So, exactly like what you're saying. Like, sometimes it's just a post or just sharing something that's, like, making people aware, but also, but actually putting in the work and actually putting in the energy and time and just everything really is activism. Actually putting... The force behind the thought and the plan is actually what activism really is. And so I feel like we need to just do more of that and just, and I feel like it would just be better from that point. Because like people get into little social media silos and then like they have like a whole different point of view of the world, which mm-hmm. is nothing wrong with that. But some people are living in different realities where like, like so much misinformation gets put out there on social media that people really believe in conspiracy theories and like, like a whole different reality from like what actually happened yeah which is crazy every time i hear something i'll be like 
because it's affecting people who are like our like in our peer group like mm-hmm. and it's always crazy to hear somebody like who's in your peer group say something that's just wild <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's just wild it's just like wow you really believe that mm-hmm. you really believe that happened <laughs> like it's not even fox news no more i can't even blame fox news no more is that's that's the craziest part about it. we're yeah. in a madhouse it's crazy but what is like the biggest lesson you learned as an activist like what is the biggest lesson the biggest lesson mm-hmm. probably to um always authentically be yourself and everything takes time so that means just always putting out your best self, the best version of yourself. Um, do not try to be somebody else. Do not try to have another personality, but just authentically be you and authentically thrive because people are going to listen to the most authentic person, authentic person you can be. And also the time part is nothing is going to happen overnight. It's a process. So we're planting the seeds and hopefully in days or weeks or even months or even years, we're going to see the harvest come. So everything is just in baby steps, basically. So just knowing that nothing's going to happen over time and always authentically be yourself will ultimately to the best version of yourself to be an activist. When you learned that second lesson, was there any frustration behind that? Because I know some activists get burnt out when they think about things not proceeding as far as they want them to be. Yes, 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 yes. So freshman year, when I first entered the NWSP, I really expected everything to just take off, to just be a quick process, boom, boom, boom. But over the last three years, I really realized that things take time to really grow. Things take time to really like manifest. So learning that lesson like in college is really just going to propel me for the future because this is just the beginning, honestly. Most definitely. This is just the beginning. Speaking of like after college, well, actually, before we get after college, we got to get into like current politics, mm-hmm. if you don't mind. Okay. So NAACP had a very dope event, had a uh, debate watch viewing party, mm-hmm. a debate viewing party. I think pizza was offered. Yeah. <laughs> I remember pizza was offered. I couldn't go, but I thought it was great that y'all had a, mm-hmm. a viewing party for the debates which allow people, which incentivize people to basically like keep themselves informed about exactly. what candidates to vote for coming. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like, since you, I assume you was at the, you watched the debates. Yeah. Who was the who are the what are your thoughts on on the debates? Ooh. What are my thoughts on the debates? There are a lot of candidates, so just really focusing on like one to two people, two to three people, maybe three to four people that you really want. Um, it's just really key knowing their facts and knowing what they're actually are pushing for. Because I realize the candidates are really focusing on like the majority policies and not really the policies they're the individual policies that they really want. So really knowing that at the end of the day that most of the candidates ha- do have the same ideology or just like the same thoughts on different on the same policies is just something you could just check off. Like you're like, that's something you can already know, but really researching into the individual policies that they really support and really want to manifest is really key in this upcoming election. Who's a candidate that impressed you? Um, Elizabeth Warren. She's, she's always been a pressing candidate. Liz 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Liz 2020. I mean, either Liz 2020 or Bernie Sanders 2020. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
we just had to get somebody progressive in the exactly i'm just saying like <laughs> because trump just ain't gonna do it he's not joe biden is not gonna do it mm. <laughs> i mean i love uncle joe man but I just, he just can't do it for me he's yeah. just not doing it for me like i I want progression mm-hmm. not more of the same exactly i can't go back to what we've been through like we already been through that yeah so when it comes to like the, the debates and stuff like that, like did you see people like become more informed at that event? Like people definitely came away. Oh, I learned something. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's the whole um, plan behind the events, just so people can have the education, just really learn something, and take something away from the whole event. See, that's why I found that event to be so dope because, like, I think when it comes to politics, when it comes to like politics, especially like in communities of color, there's not really much what's the word literacy kind of like nobody really teaches us these political mm-hmm. processes yeah who's gonna help us suffer us so yeah that's facts <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to like the political process like how important is it for like black people to like vote very 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 important like most of the times you hear about people not voting because my vote doesn't count or it doesn't even matter at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want. But no, the power is in democracy. We are the power. So we push for more people to vote. At the end of the day, our vote is going to matter more. So I always push for advocacy for voting because at the end of the day, your vote honestly does matter. And if you're listening to if you're listening to this, please go out and vote. Please make sure your friends are voting. Please make sure your parents are voting. Please make sure everybody's voting and doing their part. Thank you. Get your go vote sticker. Get your go vote sticker. Not for real though. It's important to vote. It's important to uh, participate in the political process. Mm-hmm. The reason why, even more so for like, I say like it's even more important for black people to vote is because like people actually fought for this. This versus exactly. it's not something that was given. It was something that was fought for. Like people bled over this man. Mm-hmm. I can only think about like, it, I could just think about the shameful. I always think of like a shameful look. Or like all the predecessors looking at me when I if I don't vote because mm-hmm. it's just like dude I bled for this exactly you did nothing for this <laughs> exactly <laughs> you did nothing because the thing is like we did nothing for it mm-hmm. so we treat it as just like this privilege we could just do whatever we want with it but for them it was like no we had to fight for it mm-hmm. it meant something it has a meaning to it yeah and just for us not to have that kind of urgency i don't see a lot of, see that's the thing about my this like our generation i feel like mm-hmm. we don't have that urgency like when it comes to politics it's mm-hmm. like it's very something we're very apprehensive about i see more memes about like hey can we take a break from like having a presidential election like <laughs> you you've seen that mean i know yeah and it speaks to like a kind of like a apathy mm-hmm. in the you like in our generation because like i don't know where that comes from either mm, i don't know either honestly i just feel like if there's just more education just like more things going on and just knowing and just alerting the masses that this voting process is important and we do need your help i think that's very will be a key element in this upcoming election yeah i think that's gonna be key for this upcoming election because i think this election is very important because like it is 2020 it's going to start the decade basically Mm -hmm. this is how we're gonna kick off the decade like this is like the standard we're going to like set for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of like, kind of like the soul of America is on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do we actually believe in as a people? 
Mm-hmm. I'm a part of this big thing called America. What is this big thing? Yeah. Like value. So all that said, so you're voting like Elizabeth 2020, I'm assuming? Um, I really don't have a candidate in mind, but I do think she's a top three candidates that's going to be really pushing. So who's in your top three? So I really don't have a top three yet, but I'm saying top three people that I think will honestly, honestly, we could say top three. I do like um, Bernie Sanders' approach, Elizabeth Warren, and also Joe Biden. I think I do think those are three possible good candidates that for the next election. True, 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 true. Okay. So how is the like? So, but in, being NAACP president, I always bring it back to that. But like, just as someone who's working on campus organizing, how is it working with like other groups? Because I'm assuming you don't go in by yourself. Because mm-hmm. like the NAACP works with other organizations yeah. and stuff like that. So how's that collaboration feel like working across issues? Um, I think that's a big point. Like partnership and just unity and just making sure everybody is involved with the process is really key to just building up our campus on, yeah, our campus. Basically just planning other events with different organizations and just allowing them to be a part of the process and allowing them to reach a bigger mass overall is just very key to just pushing out all the education and resources and everything that we want to see come to fruition. Sure, sure, sure. And so like, is those communication with other groups that you kind of like move your mission forward? Yes, exactly. Okay, must have, must have. Had to cover that because like unity is important. Mm-hmm. Like, Issues kind of like I learned that they kind of like interest, you know, inter- intersect with each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. And like communities intersect with each mm-hmm. other. So like, especially in this world where like we're more interconnected. Yeah, it's important that we don't isolate issues and say like this issue just affects these people. Yeah. Now, mind you, there's like distinctions of like this issue affects these people specifically, but it's also this effect. This can affect everything. Yes, it really can. Because like. Income inequality affects everybody. Yeah. Mm. So, like, it's an issue to, like, rally behind. Mm. Most definitely. So, what are the big issues you see in society? The big issues I see in society are, like, immigration. So, like, DACA is a big thing. Um, Racial inequalities. So injustices, all the cop shootings, just like all the racial injustices happening. Another thing is just in a housing inequality is a big thing that I have been seeing. It's also just like the resources that are available to certain groups is also a big thing as well. So with like those big issues, like what, how do you like take those issues and like bring it into like your activism, like on campus? Mm-hmm. So we incorporate those issues, but just in our general ba- in our general body meetings, we usually just have those topics to discuss on and really just bring up ideas on how we can support or even help or just even educate others on those I- on those ideas and what's really happening in today's society. Must have, must have. Oh, so time for the, I wouldn't say the fun part, but like the part that kind of excites me mm-hmm. 
is talking to you about your dream as far as being a doctor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be a I want to be an OBGYN. And what is that? <laughs> I I know what it is, but Okay, I, so obstetrician obstetrician slash gynecologist. Which does what? Okay. <laughs> so basically these are the um doctors that deliver children if there's any accidents or anything like complications these are the first people on site to help the mother deliver her baby these are also also the people that you're going to go to to check on all your all of the your for the women all their problems with their um baby yeah baby related issues or just things in that area which sounds like a very messy thing to do (laughs) so what is motivating that dream so biggest motivation as a child, I always wanted to be a doctor. So that's that. I always, as growing up, I would attend summer programs during school. I would just do everything in the book. My mom and dad really pushed me in like all those categories. So I really thank them for that. Um, in high school, over the summers, I would shadow family medicine doctors. I would volunteer in the hospitals. I would do basically everything and so once I got to college I know I still wanted to be a doctor but I didn't really know what I wanted to do at all so I think last year I started research with like Dr. Fogelman and like maternal infant health and during that research I really involved myself with all of the process of maternal infant health so that just segue into me just learning more about what OBGYNs do and like what that all entails and Learning that, I really started to pursue a career after that. So over this summer, I started shouting, shadowing more OBGYNs, shadowing more ultrasound clinics, just really emerging myself and what I really want to do. And so all that just really pushed me to this point, basically. So like, how would it? How does it feel to like, like how did it feel to like volunteer and like do those things, like shadow those OBGYNs, like? How did it feel to like kind of like shadow your future profession? Um, it felt great. It felt like I'm really knowing what I really wanted to do. It's actually like an education part tool. So like every time I shadow a doctor, they tell me so much information about like what's happening, how to assist the patient, how to assist like every single thing. It's just like being taught in that one moment. So it's like a very a great learning experience for me. So. Is this like a part of like, so like you being an OBGYN, that's like a very intense mm-hmm. field. Is is that because you're kind of like drawn to like, because like between, I'm thinking of like between the protests, you being like the activist, mm-hmm. like president, and the ACP achievement and all that. It seems like you're drawn to like very intense things. Mm-hmm. Does the intensity kind of like, is that like kind of like a motivating for you or something that draws you to it? Um, It kind of is, but it's also just knowing, like taking that activism part and knowing that there are so many health disparities in today's society and knowing that black women do go through a lot of them. So knowing that I can be an active force and actually change those, it's actually another thing that's actually pushing me to be an OBGYN as well. Speaking of that, we got some statistics So I am pulling from an article called America is Failing Its Black Mothers. Mm-hmm. Another day in America with three Ks. I don't have like one of those soundboards, so that's be the sound where I'd be like, dun, dun. <laughs> but 
we have this graphic which says the rate of mater maternal mortality in the u.s is climbing and these are numbers that are coming from the cdc pregnancy pregnancy excuse me pregnancy mortality surveillance system so in 1987 wait hold up measured in a number of deaths per 100,000 live births in 1987 7.2 deaths per 100,000 in 2014 that climbed to 18 deaths per 100,000 and the rate is super super high for black women for black women between the years of 2011 2014 the ratio was 40 deaths per 1000 women for women of other races it was 17.8 per, per 100,000 for white women it was 12.4 mhm mm yikes so we all know the story of Serena Williams how she almost died during childcare what is going on with maternal health when it comes to black women? So from what I witnessed, um, just people in the health field do not take black women as seriously when it comes to pain. And so they usually just push them to the side. And what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be the force to change that narrative, to actually speak up for the people that are underrepresented, to actually take change and to actually change these statistics moving forward. That's a, that's a, like, a very noble thing. Because it's just one of those things like black women get disregarded in so many ways, mm -hmm. but for them to not even get their health care right, it's just like, yes, it is just beyond disrespectful it's into the level of immorality. It's, yes. a, it's basically a public health crisis mm -hmm. in my view, because why is it that for black women that they can't, I understand why, like some of the sociological, psychological, mm -hmm. historical, all those good reasons, but not good reasons crazy reasons mm -hmm. bad reasons for all those reasons why black women are very disregarded in society however in 2019 how can we like move forward like what needs to change like is it just a narrative or is it like because for me it's like doctors have been doing this for like such a long time so mm -hmm. it's just like how does that how's that going to change because i know you're going to change it within your field but like for the wider scope Moving forward, I feel like as a society, we just sometimes just all need to be quiet and let black women just speak up. Just listen to them, listen to their thoughts, listen to their ideas, just listen to what they have to say. Because the biggest part is just sometimes we try to fill in what they're trying to say or just let their thoughts or ideas, but sometimes we just need to shut up and just let black women speak and just really let, the, let their thoughts and ideas just flow and just really just manifest. And I think that's the best way we're just going to move into move forward in today's society. I believe that's a great solution because I feel I honestly feel like when it comes to like black women, they are very disregarded, mm -hmm. and it's just disregarded on the level of like not just like you as a woman being disregarded, you as a black woman, mm -hmm. you have like you're you're not given no voice. Mm -hmm. Everything a black woman has gotten in her life, she had to get it. Because nobody really gave it to her. Yeah. How does that make you feel as a black man? Like that aspect of like, because like I've 
I f- I hear the passion in, mm-hmm. in in what in you saying like you know people just need to be quiet. So like I feel like you've seen mm-hmm. you have some per- like some experience with like people not wanting to see black women like speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. So basically, I feel like it's just a more respect thing. Like I have a younger sister, Alexis Parson. Shout out to her. Um, and I just see how she navigates through society and knowing how strong and resilient and just how powerful she is is just so wild to me. She's just such a force and like nobody has really helped her to become that person, but she is just who she is. And just having that person to really just reference and just knowing that sometimes, even as a black man, sometimes I don't even have to talk all the time. I don't even have to talk on every topic. Sometimes I just need to let black women just speak freely and just have their own opinions and their own thoughts and have their own ideas and let it see and let it come to fruition basically yeah dope 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 we are ah. so besides like um so besides black women's mortality rate or the public health with like uh black women's like maternal health uh, what else would you like also see equaled in the medical field? Is there any other issues like racial disparities we should know about when it comes to the medical field? Um, I would love to see more rep- representation across the fields in every area amongst Hispanics, um, amongst Asians, amongst even more black people and just amongst everybody, just more representation because when more representation is allowed, there will be better outcomes for health, there'll be less injustice in the health system and there'll be better health, better and quality healthcare all around. How important is to like have those like good health outcomes? Like, is that very essential to, like, it sounds like I'm having, I'm asking an obvious question, mm-hmm. but it's for the people who don't think. So <laughs> like, why is it so important for like to have equality of health? It is important because this is just not a health problem. This is more like a social justice problem. So socially knowing what is right and wrong and socially knowing that if this group is getting better health care than this other group, this is a problem. This is a social injustice. Like, why is this occurring? So knowing that there this is happening and knowing that there is a way to fix this problem, I feel like as a society and moving forward, we need to attack this problem. True, true, true. So, we are on time, I believe, and you've been a great guest. Thank you. And it's been another great edition of the Sean Soapbox. Y'all keep it locked in. Got more episodes uh, coming through. I really want to shout you out, man, because like mm-hmm. we talked about a lot, and it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like that's these are not easy topics to like. Yeah. Talk about mm-hmm. and for you to like, not scream. <laughs> it's kind of like very admirable. So yeah. I. So I kind of like want to just like shout out your like very calm demeanor mm-hmm. and just very like not saying professional because you're very obviously I hear the care, I hear the passion yeah. in your voice, but you're very just calm demeanor mm-hmm. in in discussing these uh like very high uh hard topics. So shout out to you, man. And Thank you. <laughs> have a great semester. You too. Most definitely. And so this was episode six of the Sean Soapbox. We're gonna keep it popping. Appreciate y'all.